Support for Switched On Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm producer Rihanna Cruz. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. So I'm going to play you guys a song, and I want you to tell me where we are in time when you hear this. Late 1970s, French rundown discotheque. July 2nd, 1983. What was happening on July 2nd, Nate? Just seemed like a good summer, you know, nice summer day in the new wave uh, 80s. (laughs) Just went out on a limb there. You guys are just 40 years too early. This is the newest Paramore single, C'est Comme Ça. Ooh, fun. Wait, this is Paramore? The band I best know as an early 2000s pop punk endeavor? Yeah, surprisingly, Paramore is happening again. They have a new album coming out called This Is Why. And no pun intended, there's a few reasons as to why they're back. It could be in part due to just what you said, Nate, the female pop punk revival ushered in by artists like Olivia Rodrigo. Right. She famously had to give songwriting credits to Paramore for that song because it was so similar. Talked about it on an early episode. So similar to Paramore's song, Misery Business. Yeah. Exactly. And that has contributed as well to a general vibe of emo nostalgia. There was last year's inaugural When We Were Young Fest featuring bands like Paramore coming back and and performing to waves of elder emos. <laughs> I said we were old, but we're not that old. <laughs> elder emos. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> even even an elder emo, I, I think, is either your age or younger, Charlie. Thanks. <laughs> or younger. <laughs> I retire. It's okay. We're younger than Ty Dolla Sign and Kelly Clarkson. I just Googled singers who are 40 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how? Kelly Clarkson's 40? Yeah. She's doing great. Deranged. Love Kelly. All right, focus, people. Paramore. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, five years after their last record, Paramore's back and with a rockier sound shown by Sekomsa. Along with Sekomsa, there's currently three Paramore singles at the moment, and they all, in similar ways, embody the sounds and energy of just what you said, the late 70s, early 80s, new wave and and rock-adjacent new wave music. 
Of course, there's other things present, right? Like I personally heard like dance punk, modern indie rock, thinking like strokes, ting tings, that sort of thing. Mm. But all of those, if you if you trace them, right, they all come back to the new wave tree. So today I want to look at the new Paramore songs, identify the new wave elements and figure out what exactly is new wave anyway. I'm so down for this conversation because A, I want to know more about what Paramore's up to and B, I've always been a little confused by the new wave designation. Where does it begin? Where does it end? What does it encompass? So I feel like I have a lot to to potentially learn from this dive. I too am interested but I am a little bit disgruntled about being an elder. What'd you call me? An elder emo. <laughs> an, an elder, elder emo. emo. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll go along with this ride. An Elmo, perhaps. So to recap, I'm sure the elder emos out there already know this, but to recap, who is Paramore? They are a band fronted by Haley Williams that's been around since 2004. So it's almost been two decades of Paramore. Half a Kelly Clarkson. Half of Kelly Clarkson, exactly. (laughs) Good for them. That's a long career. And over that time, they've released only six albums. There's been several lineup changes with the only constant member of the group being Haley Williams. And their aesthetic is this dynamic female-fronted pop rock. Their early records are rooted in pop punk, like their hit Misery Business. Very little known fact, Nate and I both once at the same time without knowing each other worked at an alt-rock radio station in college. I did the uh, daytime shifts. <laughs> he was the late night shifts. Late night was jazz, but daytime was like core Paramore sound. Very familiar. Yeah, it's a moment for sure. Yeah, but like you guys, Paramore also aged out of that pop punk sound and Burn. leaned more into the pure pop. You might remember Ain't It Fun off of their self-titled. So we're talking pop marimba core. Love that marimba. What's going on? Once you bring the marimba in the mix, there's no going back. Yeah, you've left pop punk behind. I love this song. It's funky. It's rocky. It's got a marimba. It's like, what more could you want? It's such a good track. Well, good you like that because they take that sound a little bit further on their most recent record, After Laughter, which is more of like a hybrid of indie, electronica, and this pop that they've honed in the 2010s. This is a standout track. It's called Pool from 2017. Nate, you're right. It's kind of funky. They've got a great drummer. Mm -hmm. We've moved from marimba core into wind chime core, a song about the rain. I love wind chimes in the background. I've never heard anything like that. I mean, I can imagine it's hard to sustain that kind of angsty, Mm. emo energy as you, you know, naturally age and approach, you know, your Ty Dolla Sign age. Like, (laughs) you... I, I would I would think that that Paramore and many bands like that like start to embrace new sounds, new energies, new directions. I mean, I thought they were going to keep going into this new pop sort of funky adjacent sound, 
But I, I think like all of us, the pandemic changed Paramore. Mm. So they're back six years later. Now it's 2023 with a new album coming. And the lead single, This Is Why, goes back to a guitar-driven sound, but with a twist. Sounds like they've been hanging out with David Byrne, Chris France, Tina Weymouth, and Jerry Harrison. Those are the members of the Talking Heads. If you're not um, pretentious, obnoxious, yeah. <laughs> Just F- yeah. FYI, yeah. This song has such massive Talking Heads vibes, and <laughs> it factors into the fact that all of these new singles have this new wave energy. Mm. Looking at the vocals on "This Is Why," it evokes that of Talking Heads, of David Byrne. There's gang vocals in a half-spoken, half-sung chorus. You'd hear a gang vocal like that on a song like I Zimbra by Talking Heads. But it's not just the uh, gang vocal thing. It's also the jagged percussion and these sudden bass hits that are very, like the only way to dance to this is robot dancing, I'm pretty sure. Or like big suit jiggling. Yes. (laughs) Big suit energy. Stop making sense. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it also has some similarities, I think, to Once in a Lifetime as well. Like, rather than letting the vocals pop forward in the chorus, they almost all go backwards. They go into the audience and everyone is singing along. It's cool to hear these talking heads references in Paramore's latest song. It makes me think of last year when Lotto sampled Genius of Love by the Tom Tom Club, a band from the 80s made up of two of the members of the Talking Heads, Chris France and Tina Weymouth. So it's like in multiple different contemporary genres, the Talking Heads are having this moment of revival. So aside from the chorus, there's also other interesting musical elements that connect us to other great new wave acts. This is the beginning of This Is Why. Very spacey, almost kind of like a jam band. (laughs) I really like those tones. I thought Paramore was maybe taking note from a song like Happy House by Susie and the Banshees. Nice find. Or a cut like Dirty Back Road by the B-52s. Dig it. The guitars throughout the whole song are also connected to New Wave because when we get back to the chorus, there's the jangle guitar in in the odd rhythm, right? Like we said, the talking heads type sound. Mm. 
It's a rhythm that's jagged, but also fun. And that's sort of one of the hallmark sounds of New Wave. A song like Cheeseburger by Gang of Four has a similar sort of jaggedness to it. almost feels like you can hear the influence of 80s drum machines on how people are playing their instruments. It's gridded. It's a little bit robotic. Like New Wave takes the distorted sound and angsty vocals of punk, but puts them on top of this more kind of funky, syncopated rhythmic grid. Yeah. That's an that's an that's I, I I'm vibing with that Charles. And one last great musical element we have to talk about is something you guys brought up before the marimba. The bridge of this song I think is gonna have something that you guys will like. That's a fascinating percussion sound. It's like kalimba-ish. I can't quite place it. Yeah, this is a really cool section, but I feel like I don't have a clear music historical reference point. Well, when I sent this song to my group chat, one of my friends (laughs) said something along the lines of, oh, I see Paramore took the Oingo Boingo pill. (laughs) Oingo Boingo, the Danny Elfman-led 80s uh, new wave band. Okay. Yeah, listen to the beginning of Just Another Day. Ooh. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. What year did you say that was? Just Another Day came out in 1985. Okay, so now I'm thinking that that percussion sound is maybe a synthesizer, like a DX7. It sounds like a synthesized percussion sound. Maybe that's why I can't quite place it. I, I of course, absolutely could be wrong here. But in in the case of Oingo Boingo, that sounds like a digital synthesizer making that. And it sounds so like the Paramore. That is a great find, Rihanna. I love Danny Elfman. What can I say? Boingo core revival imminent, I predict. This And neat because I I didn't know where to place their use of these percussion elements. Like, I didn't know what they were doing in their earlier tracks, but it's clear that they're they're pointing to some earlier reference points, that it's not just uh, weird. What is this sound? Let's throw it in our track. It's, no, no, no. Longo Bongo's been doing it for uh, 40 years. So yeah, it's clear that what we're hearing is placed in the 70s and 80s. But like you said before, Nate, the definition of a new wave is very nebulous. So we should try to figure out what is new wave anyway. This is exciting. Support for Switched on Pop comes from Vibe Check. If you were an Intuit fan and you are missing Sam Sanders, then have no fear. He's back with another great pod called Vibe Check. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture. From Elon Musk and foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup to Usher's Super Bowl halftime show, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. 
They're currently doing a series called Hey Sis, where they're highlighting the compelling stories of black women and their achievements. They're being joined by special guests Regina King, Audie Cornish, Raquel Willis, and more. Vibe Check is your favorite group chat come to life. You can join the weekly Kiki every Wednesday. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Can't believe Sam made me say Kiki. So if the new Paramore sound can be considered, quote unquote, new wave, what does that even mean? We got to paint a picture. At at the beginning of the episode, you guys said that you were in the late 70s, early 80s. Charlie, Mm -hmm. you said you were in a rundown French discotheque. Yeah, maybe a British band coming in to Paris, uh, singing some very bad French lyrics with a poor accent, followed by some spoken vocals and jangly guitars. They had to get across the channel to escape the unending assault of Margaret Thatcher's economic policies and hang out in Paris and smoke cigarettes. That, that's where we are, right? What a mise-en-scene here. Damn, Chuck. We don't want to read your screenplay, okay? We, it just That's another podcast. But Rihanna, New Wave. We were getting someplace interesting. Let's try and, let's try and return. So yeah, New Wave is uh, less of a genre, but more of like a moment in time and, and an era. The term New Wave itself, according to the New Rolling Stone Encyclopedia of Rock, says that New Wave is so loose and wide-ranging, the terminology is quote-unquote virtually meaningless. But Okay, conversation decide, settled. Great, done. I'm going to go back to France right, now. episode over. Credits. Yeah, we could put determining factors on onto the sound. Think like funky haircuts, cool patterns, androgyny, maybe even a comically large suit or two. <laughs> Basically anything that current art school students walking around Brooklyn are wearing. Anyway, back to the Sonics. So as we talked about, New Wave has a couple of defining factors. There's the choppy rhythm guitars, as we talked about before, and they have a slightly discordant quality. Thinking of, like, the music of Devo. That was their song, Uncontrollable Urge, which, fun fact, is the theme song for the MTV show Ridiculousness. (laughs) It's like punk, but really fun. Uncontrollable Urge also has the defining vocal characteristic of New Wave, which is like the sort of erratic, speak-singing, sort of neurotic vibe to it. Who needs auto-tune when you're not even going for a pitch? It's great. The way he tries to fit the word uncontrollable into the <laughs> lyrical scream and he has to kind of always shove it in there. Uncontrollable urge. <laughs> There's a certain playfulness, I think, and humor to this song. It's a little bit funny. It's a little bit tongue in cheek. And I feel like that's a part of New Wave is like a certain kind of ironic detachment. A lot of New Wave had that ironic detachment, like you were saying with lyrics, that were neurotic, even like slightly paranoid, where like the artist personas in the genre tended to skew dorkier. So the lyrics (laughs) went in that direction. It's the opposite of the long haired glam rock god, which is happening simultaneously. 
Right, though. It's not like you have, like, Brett Michaels singing, like, oh, like, nothing but a good time in mm-hmm. New Wave. New Wave is all about, oh, like, everything's a mess. I feel like I'm going crazy. The world's out to get me type vibes. I feel that way when my producer's constantly making fun of me, but I'll get by. I'll go hang out with the cool Brooklyn kids. I just got to get a big suit. The B-52's devil in my car, but it's producer on my call. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. It's getting hot in here. All right. Getting us back on track. A lot of new wave songs, of course, have something that the new Paramore songs don't, and that's synthesizers. However, the past few years, Paramore has been doing this whole new wave bit with mostly guitars, and it's been pretty successful. Check out Hard Times from After Laughter. And moving forward to their most recent singles, we listened to Sekomsa at the top of the episode. Definitely getting some psycho killer. Fa, 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 fa. I'm on this French beat. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Love the French beat. And the song, actually, Charlie, could specifically reference a French pop new wave track of the same name by Lerita Misuko. Mm. At this point, Rihanna, I feel like you and Haley Williams were in the same undergraduate course on the history of popular music from 1970 to 1980. And Haley Williams went and made a record, and then you went and analyzed that record, and you came to all the same conclusions. We were copying each other's notes, actually. Oh. That's very cool to hear the la-la-las of the French New Wave original replaced with the na-na-nas of the the Paramore (laughs) version. Whether or not that's an intentional reference, I mean, any of these, whether or not any of these Paramore references are intentional or just sort of in their musical ether, it's really cool to like hear some of the historic uh, context for this sound that they're that they're reaching for. Charlie, you briefly hinted at it before, but the song that I'm hearing here is absolutely Psycho Killer. Psycho Killer Psycho Killer has multiple elements that Sekomsa by Paramore also has. There's staccato vocals and a use of multiple languages. I still need a certain I love hearing the influence that this song continues to exert in the 21st century because I I remember when Selena Gomez referenced Psycho Killer in her song Bad Liar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At the very start, you hear the the bass line of Psycho Killer. It's like this song is just ramifying in so many unexpected ways through contemporary popular music. I was walking down the street the other day trying to distract myself but then I see your face Oh wait, that's Even then it has like the rambling nature that (laughs) sort of connects it back to Psycho Killer at large. And that sort of rambling weird cadence is something Haley Williams has on Paramore's other single from this record, The News. Exploitative, performative, informative, and we don't know the 
kind of like if their earlier pop punk has the energy and excitement of punk and new wave, but with the polish of pop. With this new record, they're removing some of that polish, and you can hear grit, you can hear dissonances, not everything is tightly tuned. I like hearing her raw vocal like that. I found the sound to be kind of adjacent with post-punk, which was happening simultaneously as New Wave. Word. Take Joy Division, for example. That's Disorder, and here's the chorus of Paramore's The News. It's got that vocal sound, but it's also got those chorus guitars, which sound very post-punk as well. If I let my brain sort of just relax a little bit, I can forget that this song was released you know, in in 2022 or 2023. It just like, it sound when you hear those back to back, it sounds so much of that era. It's really interesting. I mean, it makes sense that we can cite these sounds as being from the 70s and 80s because there's a precedent of some bands in New Wave following that trajectory of having harder, more punk-influenced sounds in their earlier career and then moving to poppier, New wave sonics. Take a band like Blondie, for example, This is the thin line off of their self-titled first record. There's like some like dark energy to that that reminds me a lot of something like Misery Business. Mm. Yeah, it's really unpolished. That is the... I've just taken seven guitar lessons, kind of pick up an instrument, just throw some energy behind it, shout some vocals into a microphone, into a cheap console, it sounds like, and just go play. Right. It's very DIY and very punky compared to four years later when Blondie released The Tide is High. This episode is entirely just to play marimba the entire time. I'm absolutely certain. (laughs) That could not be a bigger shift, though. That's a cover of a 1960s reggae song by the Paragons. And it is one of the last things I would have expected to hear after that (laughs) first track you played us from their debut album, Rihanna. It makes sense in the New Wave context, though, because bands like Talking Heads and many others were appropriating from Caribbean sounds. That was a big part of what was going on. You think especially of uh, uh, you know, the police, uh, very influenced by reggae and uh, rhythms that were not native to the you know, British punk scene originally. But in the case of Sonics, 
Blondie and Paramore are kind of similar bands. They're both anchored by a charismatic front woman who has become synonymous with the brand of the band at large. And the progression of their sound mirrors the progression of Paramore's. This is a song called Pressure off of Paramore's first record from 2005. Heavy, serious, angsty. Even has those like hardcore drum breakdowns. Mm. New Paramore is definitely less angsty. This is Told You So off of After Laughter. Three syllables. Ma. Rim. Ba. <laughs> Same progression. Paramarimba. There's a little rabbit hole I think we could dive down here. Like, Zach Farrow is Paramore's drummer. Did he do an undergraduate degree in marimba performance or something? Because (laughs) at this point, it's gone beyond just something kind of like, ah, funny. Like, wow, Paramore uses a lot of marimbas. Like, this is a deep, this is, I'm getting spiritual here. Are they endorsed by um you know whatever big marimba big big marimba right exactly (laughs) big marimba behind barrymore's entire career what is happening here i for one really like this more mellow sound it it resonates with my more matured identity um I'm, I'm, i'm following this i like it whether or not it's funded by big marimba So with Big Marimba's little grubby hands everywhere, (laughs) why is this sort of new wave pop revival happening at large? That's definitely something I've been asking myself, Rihanna, because on one hand, a lot of contemporary music reaches for some retro credibility now, right? Like disco, pop punk, emo, funk, what like whatever it is, a lot of contemporary music's like let's let's reach from something to the past and kind of give our song a, it's like a reference point of familiarity, like a little credibility. But I feel like there's something more at play here. This isn't just an arbitrary decision to reach back to this new wave moment. There's a historical similarity a little bit here. Nate said disco, we've been living in a disco revival moment ever since I would put it at forever because disco never went away, but also, you know, Daft Punk's Random Access Memories and Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. It's just, it's been, it's been living in our ears through, through Lizzo. And after disco's demise, New Wave had a moment. And so it kind of feels like not only is it let's grab a random cool thing to grab onto, but there is almost like a reliving the past natural historical progression happening that this is the sound that you want to hear after you've been listening to a lot of disco yeah there's been like other bands that have done this sort of new wave revival kind of gig but obviously they don't have the size and and the fan base of a band like paramore like a band that i really like is boy harsher and they do a sort of synth based dark take a la depeche mode on the whole new wave sound their song la is a really good example Ooh. Yes. Give it to me. I need neon. Spandex. Workout. VHS. <laughs> you hear workout. I hear like dark New York underground club. This is definitely 
reaching for that more synthesized sound of new wave that exactly. Paramore is not really commandeering. Right. The revival of the new wave guitar sound is something that I honestly haven't heard from a band like Paramore before, which is is really cool to me. And, you know, if new wave is back in a big way and if it continues to come back in a big way, maybe I just got to go out and buy, you know, a big suit that's <laughs> 5XL, you know. Wait, I have the answer. It's very clear. It's just interest rates. When interest rates are rising in the 1970s, you get new wave. Interest rates are rising now. And clearly, it's all big marimba is pushing (laughs) this monetary policy. And thus, New Wave has returned. It's macroeconomic. It's that simple. Well, whether it's economics or whether it's aesthetics, New Wave could possibly be coming back. So we should keep our ear to the ground and see if any other artists decide to go down the spandex route. (laughs) So what is your favorite new wave track? Hit us up on social media at Switched on Pop, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know of any cool gems that you want us to hear. I'll be starting a elder pop punker. Uh, is that what you called me? Elder pop punker? What was it? Elder, elder emo. emo. I'll be creating an elder emo support group on our social media. We are at Switched on Pop, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, and now on TikTok as well. You can see our very goofy faces. Whether you're an elder emo or half a Kelly Clarkson, check out our website at switchedonpop.com. We've got a couple of things there you might find interesting. First of all, all of our episodes. Second of all, links to playlists of the songs we talked about. And third, merch. We're talking totes. We're talking hoodies. You can't be an elder emo without a hoodie. It's just, it's a necessity. And y'all, we'll be back in another week with a brand new episode. All that remains is for us to talk about the people who helped make this fine program that you've been listening to. Charles? Switched On Pop is produced by Rihanna Cruz. This week, we're engineered by Chris Shirtleff. Edited by Art Chung, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, community management by Abby Barr. Our executive producers are Arden Shotkarwa and Hannah Rosen, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. We'll see you next week. And until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for, thanks listening. for listening. Support for Switched on Pop comes from Vibe Check. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called Vibe Check. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts.